50% of the time they're going to say yes, and 50% of the time they're going to say there's no way we're going to do that. And that's okay. We're okay with either scenario. Um, it's just if we don't ask, we don't get. Every offer you never make will be refused. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey, Marco here. I really wanted to share with you our earlier podcasts that we created. Now, our mics were not the best, but the content was really strong. And I know you will learn a lot. We had an absolute blast recording this, and I know you're absolutely going to love it as much as we loved recording it. This extremely content-rich information will not only give you the edge in your real estate investing business, but in everyday life. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode where we're going to be discussing contracts uh, and the kind of uh, fun clauses and fun additions that we've implemented into our agreement over the last 20 years that allows us to uh, protect ourselves, uh, level the playing field to make sure that more of a control position, uh, not necessarily have to deal with shady sellers. What I mean by that is it can be common practice in, in commercial real estate specifically where we go under contract, we have a certain amount of days for due diligence, and then we have a certain amount of days to close. And in some instances, we get a property to contract, at least in the past. Uh, we wait for due diligence documents that never arrive. The seller does not give it to us. There is no stipulation in the agreement that if the seller doesn't give it to us, that there's any consequence whatsoever. Then what generally happens is they continue to list the property while this due diligence period is on. No due diligence items are given. The buyer gets frustrated, says, you know what, guys, screw you, I'm out. And they, they exit the, uh, the, the, the contract because they haven't gotten due diligence uh, documents. And meanwhile, they found another buyer um, for a higher amount. And they keep doing that until they get to the right buyer and just going through neck buyer after buyer after buyer, not giving due diligence, not giving due diligence documents, not giving due, giving due diligence documents to the point where uh, they're basically playing every buyer until they get the price that they want. Uh, the agreements that we use level the playing field where if we have it under contract, there is a consequence if they don't do certain things. So we could, in effect, be in a perpetual contract situation and really be protected. And we hold ourselves accountable to what we're supposed to do. And if if we don't do what we say, there's a consequence. But if, there's, if the seller doesn't do what they say, they also have a consequence. Now, um, I actually rely on uh, these two uh, marvelous humans to uh, help me with my agreements. My strength is not paperwork, theirs is. And uh, so I'm gonna have them go over the processes, what uh, needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And uh, so guys, boys, take it away. I think the first thing to discuss is earnest money deposit. Uh, so once you tie up a property, it's usually asked of you to put in a deposit and obviously it's in the seller's best interest that that deposit be as large as possible. And it's in your best interest for that deposit to be as small as possible. And uh, typically, that earnest money deposit is non-refundable. And that's something that if, if what Marco just mentioned happens over and over again, can you imagine getting into a contract, putting down $10,000 in earnest money deposit and never getting due diligence documents? So your due diligence period ends and you have a decision to make. Do I get out of the contract, lose my 10 grand, or do I buy this without even knowing what the hell I'm actually buying? So that's, that's something that we don't feel is fair. And so to level the playing field, we've, uh, we've 
put in some measures in, in our agreements. Uh, the first thing is that uh, the EMD or the earnest money deposit is going to always be refundable until we've completed our due diligence period and we're satisfied of it. If you have the EMD done or sent in to in escrow and you don't receive due diligence documents, so you decide to exit the agreement because you don't want to buy it, you haven't been able to check anything, then up until that time, your earnest money deposit is refundable so you don't lose anything. And we feel that levels the playing field a lot. Asha, on that note, I know that's a huge advantage or a huge laying out the playing mm -hmm. field with the EMD because most even state contracts that I've mm -hmm. seen in the past, they have the non-refundable component. They have an exit clause, but it, they're so ridiculous. One of them will be if if title is is not clear mm -hmm. and marketable. Yep. So so you're still putting up your 10K and it's non-refundable. And sometimes it's 100. And they mm -hmm. give you two scenarios uh, or maybe three depending. So one of them would be, okay, if it's not clear and uh, if it's not clear and marketable title, yes, you can ask for your money back if the seller does not remedy that problem. So that's one. And then number two on, this, on, on some of these state contracts, what they have is if the appraisals, and only some of them have this, if the appraisal does not come uh, within uh, the purchase price, then the, the seller and the buyer can negotiate. You have to give them written notice saying, hey, our appraisal came, mm -hmm. by, uh, came in below this amount. I want to renegotiate the price, but it's, they only have like five days to give written notice of that. So that means you would have to go out, make sure you get an appraisal. If you're not content with it, then you have to give written notice yeah. to the seller saying why. And if they don't do anything about it, you negotiate that you can get out. So they do that for that. But again, you still have to jump through hoops. And the other one is if you do buy on um, uh, contingent with financing, if if you say, no, I can't get financing, they can say, you know what? We need to see three applications that went in and why you didn't get financing. Mm -hmm. So if those three do not, if those three triggers do not happen, you lost your 10K or your 15K or your 50,000, mm -hmm. whatever. The way that Marco, again, this is a 20-year work in progress document, 20 years. It's still a work in progress. Uh, it's still a work in progress. It's always evolving because we always find things. But that 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 one, the language that we have in there specifically for uh, for the EMD is clever. And we have different variations of it. I think, we have, of it yeah. I think we have four, four variations of when the EMDs do, we can give a little bit now, a little bit later. We can give all of it later after certain triggers, and our triggers will be once the property checks out financially, conditionally, and uh, and and physically, spiritually, no, spiritually, whatever. But no, no. But we have our like, again. There's four variables. We're not going to yeah. go in each four of the variables, but just know that our EMD, even if it, uh, it it's always going to be refundable. But even if it's it is non-refundable, we put that on the back end. Yeah, when so you're committed or when you know you're going to buy property, gonna buy it, property yes. then we don't care if it's non-refundable because yeah. it's going to be deducted from the purchase price. We're going to buy it anyway. Now, EMD, if we haven't explained it, it's earnest money deposit. Mm -hmm. It's the deposit necessary in order to secure the property. Right. Um, and it can be uh, paid now, a little bit now, a little bit later, or later. Another, Here. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that another important aspect of the earnest money deposit is even if it is refundable, for the most part, if it's not stipulated otherwise, you're going to need the seller to sign off on the refund. So they can actually hold your, your deposit hostage even though you are entitled to receiving it. And that's something that's going to be a pain in the ass for you because if the only way to get that back if the seller's playing hardball is to actually go through a, a, a litigation, which is probably going to cost you more than the amount that you have in escrow. So that's, that's sort of your EMD being held hostage. So to remedy that, we have... You know, we have language in our paperwork that 
stipulates that there is no need for the seller to sign off for us to be refunded if we ask for it back within you know, the refundable period. So that's something you should always keep in mind when you're drafting your agreements. Yeah. And, and, and you get a lot of headbutts on that. I know some title companies, um, when they say, well, no, we need the other party to sign off. And it's like, no, clearly read our you know, paragraph three. Yeah. And, and I highlight it for them and they read it and they go, oh, shit, because it's only one party needs to consent to get it returned back to us within that time period. We're not going to be assholes and say yeah. on the last day we want our money yeah. back. It's, no, it's within it, a specific it, time yes, period. There's, there's checks and balances that have to be followed. But please understand, if a title company sends you their own document to sign, It'll supersede your contract, so don't uh, be very careful and very wary of Read certain well. title companies or escrow uh, companies because you have escrow, you have title, and you have lawyer states. So you have different states that do it different ways. And then in Louisiana, it's done even differently because it's Napoleonic law. It's not the wow. same as the rest mm -hmm. of the U.S. Um, it's very, it's like in Quebec actually, mm -hmm. same same thing with notaries and lawyers, lawyers. that do them. Yeah, the lawyers that do it. So be very careful of what you sign from a title company because if you have or use our contracts and the title company sends you something that'll supersede that, you're you could be shooting yourself in the foot where you're obligated to follow title company rules. And if they're telling you that it has to be done their way or no way, then you have to change title companies. I do not allow uh, a mutual release, uh, anything other than a mutual release by our contract. Um, I don't want to have 10,000, 1,000, 500 bucks, 20,000, 100,000 into the title company. Now, this is extremely important as well, is do not send money to a seller directly or an agent. Yes. All right. Uh, that is a recipe to kiss that money goodbye. Uh, sadly, I had one of my followers that uh, went on uh, Craigslist, saw apparently a really good deal. Seller said, I, I need your earnest money deposit today or I'm selling it to somebody else. They wired him $35,000 uh, uh, as an earnest money deposit to secure the property and it was a scam. Uh, obviously, they, they never saw that money again or the property because it didn't exist. So never send money. Wow to anyone other than, uh, I, I, I recommend an ALTA title company because even a title company, we have a, another follower, his, his name is Raj. I've also interviewed him. He has uh, close to 400 doors now. Uh, he's extremely, uh, he's gone, and I met him at the same time as I met Frank yeah. and, uh, and you guys. Super successful. Uh, very successful guy out of Toronto. He sent money to a title company that was, he didn't follow my advice. He's a guy, smart guy. Uh, didn't follow my advice, and uh, the title company uh, was owned by a lawyer that was not ALTA approved. And uh, the guy took the money that was in escrow and bought kilos of cocaine and actually went to prison. Uh, wow. And he lost his money. There was no insurance um, for the money that was in escrow. So he lost his money. I think I saw that episode on American Greed, yeah. CNBC, Wednesday <laughs> yeah. nights. Could you imagine? That. A yeah. Could you imagine like you send money to an escrow company or that you think is reputable and they literally take your money they and buy, they literally take, they buy kilos of cocaine with it and the guy ends up going to prison. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. So that's why I recommend using ALTA. And I'm using, now here's the thing is I have the, the, the benefit of looking over um, hundreds of followers that are doing dozens of deals at a time. So I'm seeing thousands of transactions that are going on in a year and all the things that can go wrong in those thousands of transactions. And we're dealing uh, with uh, seller to seller, seller with agents, agents to us. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios that are being played out. So I have the, the benefit of seeing a lot of shit uh, every year for the last, that I've been mentoring for over a decade. Um, actually 2000 and I think 2005 is when I started. Yeah. 15 years. 
I've been helping um, folks buy property. <clears throat> so I've seen a lot of shit. So understand that I'm going to see the, the, the worst and the best in people. So um, I'm in a very fortunate position that I can see and recognize the things that can go wrong and fix them before they actually happen. And that's what we've put into this agreement. Uh, and it's just getting better and better and better. So as far as escrow title or lawyers go, uh, make sure that you have one that's been around for a while. And with EMD, make sure you protect it. Now the EMD, another question is going to be, well, Marco, I thought you know, you, you're buying properties with you know, no money out of your pocket. I am buying properties with no money out of my pocket. That EMD will be refunded to me yeah. at closing uh, if you buy your property right. In fact, I'll pull money out. I've pulled three, four, five, ten, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars out of closing if you structure the deal correctly. Okay, so understand that it's the, the earnest money deposit at times has to be put in, but that's money that you can get back if you've done the right negotiation with, with the seller. There's got to be a monetary consideration, of course. So you're not buying the property. You're basically just making tying it up. You're, you're just tying it up with, mm -hmm. that, with the agreement, with that monetary consideration. You need to put it down. So at that point, you're not buying it. You can get it back. But like Marco said, you get it back when you close. Yes. So just to go back. Or when you back out. Or, or, or when, when you, you wholesale it, yes. or when you if you choose to wholesale it, or if you choose to so either back out wholesale, which is sell the contract. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't check out or it doesn't meet our criteria, we have another episode on that where yeah. we've discussed this. This agreement allows us to have control and options, and yeah. and choices. And again, just to reiterate that we're just we do this to level the playing field out. So there's consequences to us if we don't back out of a property by the time due diligence ends. Uh, we lose that 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 deposit. It's it's lost, and it's it's sadly happened to some people. Who don't keep track of of the of the days, but if you say you got thirty days to do something and you don't do it, then you're on the hook for 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 the consequence. So all we're doing here is making sure that we have the appropriate time to actually analyze what the seller is telling us uh, through their due diligence documents, and then we can have a better idea of if that's true and we want to go forward with the purchase or if it's a bunch of bull and that we want to get out. And then if we do want to get out, we don't think it's fair that they keep our money because we've spent the time and resources to do the work, not them. All they've done is put the property off market. In theory, that's what they're supposed to do uh, for the period of time. But if, if they're bullshitting, then why do they deserve money? In the end, right. is in the end is a game, and and you're just setting the rules. And mm -hmm. if you do this, you get this. If you do that, you get this. If you don't get that, mm -hmm. this happens. So it's just basically what you just said. And we're and we're creating our own rules because we have the gold. Yeah. So or we're using somebody else's gold. So understand that uh, in another episode we actually have. I think the title of the episode is "Who Has the Gold Makes the Rules." That's right. Uh, and it's our our money and our transaction, our contract. And I want to say agreement more than contract. Yeah. Um, I don't like the word contract in general. I like to okay paperwork. That's kind of the the, the softest, uh, most docile way of putting something uh, in a way where it doesn't seem very aggressive, and it's uh, very um, you know passive. It's it's very passive. Yeah. yeah. It's so, gentle. It is gentle. That's it's that's like, uh, that's a that's a it's like fabric softener. softener. Like Frank's yes. touch. It's like yeah. fabric softener. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know why touch. you would know that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, okay. Okay, we're gonna yeah. edit that one out. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on to the next okay. one. So we got escrow. <laughs> we did EM, yeah. Ernest we got EMD. Yeah, we so got EMD. What else is a big a big thing is inspection period, right? The due diligence. That's probably one of the biggest. It is the biggest, yeah, and 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 you can get burned. Uh, again, going back to the state contracts or the seller contracts that the brokers give you, uh, that inspection period typically, typically, 
um, start as soon as you put your name on the dotted line, the time's ticking, and 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 that's a problem um, because of our past experiences yes. where hey, you got to check out the property, and, and I think we mentioned this several times. We trust but verify, so we trust you, seller. But now it's the time to it's time to verify what you said uh, Back in terms of the conditions, the finances, and everything. So that inspection period is crucial. That it doesn't start right away unless you have a you know an enormous big time that you have. But even though, but even if you have two years and they never send you anything, that's still you, so, you still so have the, nothing. You're, to you're in the with. same place. So why would it be fair for the two years to even start it until they give us what we need? That's does not just make sense. Well, Agreed. yes, yeah, they're, they're, but it's never written that way. And it, it does. It's, it's just common sense. I'll do what I'm supposed to do when you give me. You know, you have to do something in order for me to start something. Mm, yeah. And uh, it's not just the physical building that we're taking a look at. This is not like, I'm, and I'm talking also residential mm-hmm. and commercial. In commercial, we're buying income. Uh, and in resi- residential, at least I'm buying income. I don't want to buy, I'm not looking to buy a property. I'm looking to buy the income in the property. And mm-hmm. if you're stating that there's income, I want to sh- see that there's income. Now, in smaller assets, and s- like in single families, duplex, triplexes, that's not as important as is, uh, you know, a 20 unit, a 30 unit, a 50 unit, 100 unit building, I want to know if I'm buying that income, if at least if I'm going to keep the existing tenants there, or if, if I'm going to demolish it or, you know, kick everyone out and then uh, build it up from the ground, then I wouldn't care as much about the income because mm-hmm. I'm looking at the structure at that point. I'm doing a value add or I'm, I'm repositioning uh, the property. So it's, it's different. But if I'm in, in the business to just take the existing tenants and income, then I need to make sure that I have everything in my possession from the seller in order for me to make that sound decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to conclude on this part, your inspection period should always, or your due diligence period should always, there has to be a timeline for you to either receive the documents. So they have to give you the documents within X amount of time or else, you know, this consequence happens. that happens. Yes. Or you can only say that the due diligence period will only begin once you received your due diligence documents. Either way, the clock starts ticking when you have the information. And if they don't, for example, you can say for every day that they're late, it's a three-day penalty. Yeah, and right. they could say, well, why are you doing it that way? Why isn't it one-to-one? Well, the answer is, well, we're, we have a team of people that actually do check out the due diligence. And we don't know. We're, we're, we're going to hold them on standby for X amount of time. And then after that, we're going to have to repurpose them. So if you're four days late, I don't know when I'm going to be able to take that team and put them back in. So I'm going to need three days for every day that you're late past, let's say, 10 days. Mm. So you have 10 days to do it. Uh, if you can't do it, and I, I could say, how many days do you think it's going to take you? Yeah. 10 days. All right, let's put 10 days. Let's give you 11 days. Sometimes how about get, that? Yeah, sometimes we give them just yeah. more. How so about 12? We'll, we'll you know, you, let's more, let's add three days. more days. So within, so that way, it's fair. You know, we're not trying to be an asshole. We're not trying to screw anyone over. It's just, you tell me how long it's going to take you to get these documents. And they have this list. It's not like a surprise, like, surprise, we need, you know, the birth certificate of your great, 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 great grandmother on your dad's side. I'm like, what? How would I ever get that? In color. You know, yeah. yeah. And a picture with them smiling, which is impossible because they never smiled in those old pictures. It's like, why am I taking this? So serious. (laughs) So serious. It's like something's happening in the background. So, yeah. So, But on that note, like like, even with the EMD, we have different variations on the inspections as well. So we can we can uh, selectively say, okay, here's all our DD items, but we only need items two, three, seven, and eight within that ten yes. days or fifteen days to exactly. make it fair. Yeah. Again, and and the whole point of this is to never want minimize your risk because you have your escrow in, in, in there and you don't want it to be that uh, held up because right. it could be used for another opportunity. Right, and no also generating nothing in there. 
Well, it, it's not. And and the reason you're doing it is the first step is is you're minimizing your your money, your expenses during your inspection. Right. So right now it's your time you're devoting. So you say, give me these items so I can just check out and verify that the numbers check out because ultimately you're buying cash flow. Yeah. Right. So if the cash flow is not there, there's no use in engaging a property uh, property inspector. There's no use engaging uh, managers to go out there yeah. and wasting their time and resources because it's it's, it's other people's time. You got to respect that. And there's no use uh, you uh, engaging a title company and paying to open up escrow because it costs to open up an escrow account, right? So to do all that before you even do all that, actually, actually well, the escrow is different depending on which one we use. If escrow is due at the end of inspection, then we're saving everyone's money, right? So you can ask for specific items by a certain time period yeah. or even after you get all that, that's when your inspection period starts. That's when you're going to engage your team that's on standby ready to, you know, at the gates to go out. Ready to go. Good. So that's due diligence. Are there goodies? You want to go over the, well, the listen, rents? There's, there's, the there's, there's some caveats that you yeah. put in there that actually benefit you, the buyer. One of them that we put in there is, depending on the property, you can actually get credits at closing. And some of the language we have in in the agreement, in the paperwork, is that we, we, we state that we want to uh, keep the rents for that particular month of the month of closing. So if your closing is, what's today, the 23rd, if your closing is towards the end of the month, you can get credited the month of, for the whole month for, the, for, those, for those rents. So if the rents are $10,000? We'll get the whole $10,000 worth of rents uh, for that month. So yes. whether we close on the 1st, the 3rd, or the 30th, we're going to get the entire month's rents. Now, again, the seller signs off on this. This is not something that we just squeeze in and that's mm -hmm. hidden between, you know, um, and there's pushback sometimes, and this is something and that's okay. That, and that's yeah, okay. we're, we're going to say no. Then this fine. Is let's we'll prorate it on the day that we close. Same but we're thing. going to ask. We're going to ask for things, expecting to say no. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to ask them to pay all the closing costs. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, we're going to ask them to pay. You know, all. I mean, all closing costs for buyer and seller. So mm -hmm. if we are charged points, uh, title, in, insurance. In, title insurance, all that stuff, it's all going to be put on the seller side. And we're going to say, here are all the, the the closing costs that we want the seller to pay, and. 50% of the time they're going to say yes, and 50% of the time they're going to say there's no way we're going to do that. And that's okay. We're okay with either scenario. Um, it's just if we don't ask, we don't get. Every mm -hmm. offer you never make will be refused. That's 100% yeah. mm -hmm. of the time, right? Every shot you don't take, you're going to miss. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing. So you just got to ask. So we're very bold in, uh, you know, the fortune favors the bold mm -hmm. and the brave. Bold but transparent. So that's yeah. the whole thing. We're bold, but we're transparent. And, and like I said, they, they can come back and give some pushback. So, yeah. And we're okay with that. In addition to the credits for that particular month, we also ask for, you know, do, do tenants have deposits? Mm -hmm. And if they do, we want those too. Well, of course. That, right? Because the deposits technically don't belong yeah. to the seller. No, they, they belong, belong to, to the, the tenants, tenants and they're held in escrow. So they're those supposed are supposed to be, yes. to be transferred anyway, yeah. but we make sure that that's done. Yeah. That's not almost non-negotiable. I mean, yeah. if, if that's... I would question a seller's integrity if they they want to keep the the deposits because that's not even their money. It's yeah. it's yeah. Agreed. Um, sometimes we have the, that the seller pays um, for the the insurance premium yeah. uh, for title because if it's if it's free and clear this and that we want we want them to pay that and again sometimes we get pushed back on it sometimes we don't but occupancy is one thing we do have in there. Uh, we want uh, a, a certain amount of. So if they're saying it's it's eighty percent or ninety percent occupancy, whatever, uh, occupancy, we expect that at the time of closing, we don't want to get to closing and then, and then find out that uh, where's everyone and you yeah. hear you know everything's empty. So we, we can put that now. There's there's a danger to that too. 
Because if they fall behind that threshold, if we want it to be 80%, so mm. just say on a 20 unit, and we say, okay, well, we know there's 15 and we want to hold you to the 15 at closing, but they dip down to 10, they may get some riffraffs to fill it up but, to the 15. Which I've had before where they're the, t- <laughs> the landlord is paying people or just getting people, literally people on the street just to go in there and they're destroying the, the units. They, the seller doesn't care. They're selling it. Yes. Now, not, not, not every seller is going to be that way. So I'm, I'm not painting. In fact, most won't. Yes. 99.9% of sellers are very outstanding, honest, good people. Um, but the 1% could Screw you, and that's why we have the right agreements, well, just in case. Yes. We have a DD item because of that scenario. Yes. We have yes. a DD item that we ask for, not only the lease, because everyone can make up the lease. We can mm. we can punch out leases right now and type them up and uh, get them signed. But with an application, mm-hmm. a background check, and any you know photo ID to make sure that it is a real person. Yeah. Yeah, because you know people do lie about... It could be an orangutan. We don't know. It could be an orangutan. We talked about the orangutan. <laughs> so we do have that language in... As long as he's paying. That's, uh, okay, I'd like to see that. But anyways, going back to that, yes, there's a pro and a con, but I think we cover that in our DD items Mm -hmm. that we want to see the lease, the application, some kind of ID and background check to make sure it's a real human and they are qualified to be in there and they're not being paid to stay there so it looks pretty on paper yeah. until they close and then by the time you know it the whole the whole the whole unit or the whole building Listen, is vacant. At, at the end of the day you can't prevent all scenarios there's always if someone wants to screw you they will find a way to do it yeah. what we've done here is we've given you some tools to be able to minimize the damage to you specifically financially but also in terms of time and risk uh should you want to get into a contract for a property and I think we've covered, you know, most awesome. part. Again, these are the, the, the major features. There's it. a lot more. We're not going to go through the whole thing here, but th- there is definitely a lot more in here yeah. uh, that we do put. And, and our DD item list will differ. So that based, doesn't even remain the same based on the asset class. And we talked about different asset classes. And sometimes it's in the agreement directly, and sometimes it's sent to them after they sign. After they sign, correctly. So And it's usually on a case-by-case yeah, it's when a we send them the yeah. DD ahead of time. And some of them, it's an exhibit. Yeah. Uh, part of the agreement and sometimes we leave it out of the exhibit and we just give it to them after we yeah. we type the property so uh, I, again we don't want to get into the no. whole condition but we have things in our condition of the property what happens if if, if it does deteriorate what happens if there is a fire what happens if uh, you know the tenant does you know punch holes in the walls or whatever but we have mm-hmm. language in there that Basically, the onus and the responsibility lies on, on the, the seller, seller to give us whether, a, a, the property in, a, in the same condition that we, we inspected. Yeah, so whether they fix it or they give us a credit. So anyways, we're not going to go through all of that. I, I think just knowing that the paperwork that we do have mm-hmm. is an evolving one. And I, I think every literally yeah. because of the experiences we have with, with some of your followers and they come up and like, you know what, if we can learn from, from uh, someone that got hurt in it and we can incorporate it in this legally, this ethically as well. Uh, then we'll do so and we continue to do with our paperwork. So there's not just one fit all no. uh, agreement. It, it's evolving and, you know. Uh, and again, they're, they're all ideas. I mean, we, we've built this. I mean, Mark was built most of this over his 20 year period. We, we, we've continued to build on it since, uh, you know, we've been working with Marco. But this, this is, you know, if you had to put a cost on this contract, like it's what millions. would it be? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, this this is millions of dollars of lost yeah. revenue because um, of it. Because of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so the contract isn't for sale. If you email us and uh, at Marco yeah. at MarcoGazlowski.com and say, "Hey Marco, can I can I buy your contract?" The answer is no. Yeah. Um, but if you want to uh, attend a class 
I will give you the contract um, as part of the class so you understand how to use it. So I will gladly gift you the contract for the class on how to use it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, because it's like giving you a gun um, and without you understanding how to actually put it together. And we have a whole process actually to help people fill this contract out. And I have lawyers, uh, real estate agents. Um, I have even judges that have come to my class and bought, got properties under contract and messed up the contract. Mm -hmm. Like yep. I don't think one person has ever submitted a contract to us and has been good the first time. No. Has, no. has that happened and, yet? And we try to make no. it easy. And Not to me anyway. Anyway, But no, but you're right. We, we, we color coordinate this thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, like I said, because it, it changed, we have different variations of it because of the different asset classes, different scenario. We do mix it up. But so even the deal itself, when it gets created, you yeah. know, whether there's, you know, uh, owner mortgage there, owner mortgage. financing, if it's just a straight out, you know, regular purchase, just, yeah. where's the down payment come from? There's so many moving parts all the time that it's, it's almost impossible to get this right unless you know, you know how it works. Yeah. Well, the mechanic, we're not going to get into the no. mechanics that definitely on this, so that's for sure. No, but yeah. we just wanted to, Communicate that yes, we do have an evolving paperwork that does lay out the you know uh, even out the playing field is you know it's not leaning towards the seller and and the broker but or it's it leaning towards us even it's yeah. just it's fair it's a it's fair agreement it's and a very transparent fair agreement. and everyone knows what to do and if they don't do it yes there's consequences and, and there's consequences for us too in here and and it will not only save you money it'll save you from making mistakes it'll uh, you know it'll protect you from time. shady sellers it'll save you time and it'll actually make you more money uh, in 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 every single circumstance not only that I think it's going to also present you as a really legitimate buyer to someone who's receiving this because they know that this isn't your first rodeo. You have your own paperwork uh, and if someone insists on using their paperwork. I have a easy solution. I'm saying, absolutely, you can use your paperwork if we're using your money to buy it. If you want to use my money, then we're going to use my, my paperwork. Yeah. You know, I'm okay with using yours. When would you like to close using your paperwork? Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and you know what? Yeah, and, and all fairness, there, there is times that we do use not their paperwork. We use if there's certain clauses that uh, is mutual for both. We say give it to us. We'll look at them. We'll add it in an addendum. But the paperwork stays as is. But we'll add some clauses that that they want to see. That you want to see on it, and obviously we got to vet it to see if it's if it's mutually satisfactory to all parties. And we'll add it to an addendum. So we're not assholes. All the time, or using right. your money, but it's rare because again, it, it, everything's laid out here. Um, now, now, again, we could send this to an, uh, uh, you know, to a lawyer, which happens all the time, and it comes back like someone died on it. It's yeah. murdered. Like it's it's red, more red. red it's it's red more red. red than it is black and white. Yeah. And uh, the answer to that is we're not buying it. That's right. Um, you know, we're, we're so not we're not, not going <laughs> to buy it. So if you are destroying our language to that point, there's no reason to. Um, so I guess we're just not going to be your buyers and, or we can hop on a call. If you're a follower of mine, I'd actually hop on a call with the seller and the seller says, well, my, my lawyer has done this. And I'm like, well, then your lawyer can buy it. That's yeah. right. If you're, you want your lawyer to, to your lawyers there to protect you. And I understand, but if you can show me where I'm actually hurting you in this language, I'll change it. No problem. 
But if you, I'm not changing it just so your lawyer has a make work program because that's generally what happens is they're just going to change it so they look good. And they but bill you. But, and they are going to bill you. It's billable time. time. It's billable time. When so they do that. if you want your, you know, you're basically, it's your money. If you want my money, you're going to use my agreement the way it is. And if there's something here that you think is shady or um, that it's going to hurt you in some way or that's putting you in a compromising position, I'd be happy to change it. I don't want to take advantage of anyone. Yeah. But your lawyer is just basically hurting you at this point just because they want to either look good or they're trying to protect you, but they're actually doing the reverse. Uh, you know, a, a sword is double-edged. That's it. It's put an accountability on the seller. And and that's where, and that's the, and that's where the push-up is. Like, what? Exactly. If I don't do this, this you're going to add three days to that? Like, yeah. Forget it. Put right. an accountability. Yeah. And if, and if they're not comfortable with that, then what do you think their real intentions are? They're hiding are? something. They're exactly. hiding something. There's something wrong with the red flags. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. red flags. Yeah. So, which we're glad to find out before we buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it tells a lot about the seller. Like we had a seller on a, on a, on a hotel where uh, we had negotiated voraciously. We actually got to an agreement and they were nitpicking on small little clauses yeah. for how long? Almost, that that almost, holiday in was oh God, like almost four months, four or five months, yeah. four or five yeah. months. It took, us, it, it took us four or five months to even not, to not get to an agreement because the seller was literally just crazy. Thousand dollars on seven million. And the broker who was retained by the seller even called it out saying there's more that he doesn't know about yeah. this, about the partnership with the seller. There, there's something there that the seller didn't disclose even to his own broker who he hired. And that's why, you know. Uh, things went the way they did and they dragged and they dragged because you know what they found that they were trying to find someone to to take that bait yeah. and we did and we questioned it and we i think we came we to very we, yeah. Yeah. we gave them solutions we gave them three here's option a they had never B, met a buyer C. like us ever because we could no matter what their objections were we had solution 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 even tax uh, we 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 showed them how to save a million dollars in tax yes when they sold their capital gains and yeah. and that's still and they were still like not nitpicking over 2500 bucks 20 it was and this is a, a 10 million dollar deal yeah. you know 10 million dollar deal over 2500 $2, bucks it doesn't make any sense so we obviously didn't end up in agreement we didn't buy it but we, like, gained, we gained we gained an amazing broker that's not working for us. And us that just brought deal. us another deal that off market deal that is even better than the last one. So right. and they're you know and that without a shady seller. And so it's how we handle ourselves from the beginning uh, that makes a big difference. And the guy is convinced that we can close, and he's never seen a bank account. He's never seen proof of funds. Proof of funds. Never We've met never us. given. Never he's never met us. us. He doesn't know what we look like. If yeah. I, if thank I, God, if you showed him Frank. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Whoa, man. Cut this out. <laughs> it's with love. That's, I know. I know it's, it's with always love. with love. It's I know it's with love. But, but that's we have the, a good time. But listen, that's the whole point uh, in something like that. We 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 we've seen it and if you keep control of the conversation and there's nothing in here that hurts nobody, the no. seller. It's just making them accountable and that's what they don't like. If they're hiding something, yes. Well, if we're held accountable, we, we I think it's reciprocity at that point that we, we everyone should that's on the team. So to be fair, I think we nailed this to death. Yes. Um, I think, uh, like I said, if uh, this contract is not for sale, but I'd li I gladly give it to you if you uh, decide to go into this business. Uh, not only do we have these contracts, we have many contracts each for a different asset class. So we have different contracts for single family. We have different contracts to take over debt. We have different contracts to buy corporations, which you can do um, when there's debt inside of them. There's, uh, you can put property into trusts. Uh, there's all sorts of different paperwork. I have thousands of agreements uh, and uh, pieces of paper that will actually protect you, uh, make sure that you're, uh, you're, you're in good hands and uh, that you're doing things the right way.
and uh, not only taking care of uh, your future, but taking care of the assets that you have and buying it in the right way from the beginning to uh, make more money, uh, save money, and uh, pay less in taxes as well. Because how things are structured um, also can save you money in taxes for depreciation schedules, which we're not going to get into right now. So anyway, um, great episode, I think. Yeah. Got into some contracts, which generally sounds pretty boring, but I think we try to make it as fun as possible. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com. Enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm